Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. At Total Wine and More, we know what pairs perfectly with summer. Go ahead, test us. What goes best with a beach trip? This crisp rosé. A pool party? Try these craft beers. Oh, you're good. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and More. Over the last few months on No Encore, we've interviewed loads of different Irish artists at different stages of their careers. One point that continues to come up nearly every time, either on or off the mic, is how hard it is to make a living writing music. People aren't buying music anymore, festivals are expected to book more and more acts, which affects overall fees. Obviously the cost of living is going up, there's loads and loads of reasons. It got me thinking about a question. Who actually is writing music full-time anymore? Okay, so there's the obvious ones, the big famous acts that are at a very, very high level. Um, there's the music producer working out of a recording studio, helping loads of upcoming acts develop. Then there's the guys writing for film and TV, Hans Zimmer, those kind of guys. Finally, there's a whole range of other music writers working in industries that we don't really think about. We certainly don't give them a lot of coverage anyway. So today, we're going to be talking to three Irish people working full-time writing music, and I guarantee you, you've heard their music but you've probably never really thought about who made it. My name is Dahi Odroni, and there will be no encore. Avengers Endgame was one of the most highly anticipated movies in history. The film was the culmination of a 22-film-long storyline based around the Marvel Universe and became the second highest grossing film of all time, just under Avatar. As of last week, the film has grossed $2.6 billion, and the film's trailer also broke records. In its first 24 hours, the trailer was watched a total of 289 million times. The world has changed. None of us can go back. 
The music in the trailer is as you'd expect, these huge sweeping orchestral suites, hundreds of string and horn melodies rising in intensity, building the excitement, and we all know the goal here. Listening to it makes you want to go out immediately and watch the film, right? One thing you might not know though is the music producer working on the film doesn't actually make the music for the trailer as well. A totally different producer makes the music for the trailer, and that's his entire job. He just makes music for film trailers exclusively. The music that you just heard, the official trailer music for Avengers Endgame, one of the biggest films of all time, that music was made in a small bedroom, converted into a home studio in Swords in County Dublin. Uh, my name is Kieran Birch, and um, I'm a trailer composer for uh, Hollywood blockbusters and games and television. Kieran Birch is a music producer working exclusively in the field of trailer music. He works with production companies called Trailer Houses, who create trailers for upcoming films, video games, and TV series. Kieran works remotely from home and has recently begun working at this full time. Just looking through his website, the list of trailers he has worked on is incredible. Here's just a few: Blade Runner 2049. War for the Planet of the Apes, Star Wars Rogue One, Doctor Strange, Captain America Civil War, Creed, Avengers Infinity War, and as we saw earlier, Avengers Endgame. I've done The Girl and the Dragon Tattoo, Star Wars, Ant-Man, Thor, uh, 50-odd trailers I think at this stage, so I kind, of, I kind of forget half of them at this stage. But yeah, like big, big ones like for Paramount, Universal, Disney, so... Kieran grew up in a musical household, but originally hadn't set out to work in music professionally. I went to college. I did a degree in accountancy. I went and worked in a tax office that will not be named. Um, <laughs> um, it was the worst experience of my life ever. And during the whole time, all I wanted to do was like go out on my own, stand up in a bar and play music, play just grab a guitar and do that. He was introduced to music production by his father, a lifelong Guinness employee who did a course in sound engineering after he retired. So he ended up getting like an iMac and he ended up getting, you know, like a few bits and pieces and uh, got Pro Tools. And I was like, oh, that looks kind of fun. I better like, you know, it'd be nice to record. It was a big eye opener to see what you could do with the computer and the sounds you get out. And I'm sure the sounds I had then were absolutely the stock sounds you get with it. They're, they're, they're shit. Um, but it was good to start and see what you could do and see there was a world out there. And um, I, had that, I had that accessibility that my dad had that stuff there. From there, Kiran started offering to score student films for free and began building experience. He was about to try going to college to write music for video games, but through a chance meeting, he met a trailer composer named Dean Valentine, which, by the way, is the coolest name in the world. Dean Valentine is the composer behind one of my favourite trailers, Prometheus. best thing I ever did was listen to Dean Valentine when he said to me that day, yeah, I was telling him I wanted to go into game game music. There was a game music course and he was like, how much is it? And I was like, oh, it's six grand. You know, I have to save up to buy it because I didn't have any money. And he was like, um, listen, I don't know you. You know, you probably don't want to listen to me, but I would invest any money you've saved in buying some sample libraries. And it was the best thing, the best advice I ever got at that stage. I would have wasted my time. Not saying the course wouldn't be good, but it's not going to get you a job. Yeah. It is 100% not going to get you a job. The way you get your job is to just make a million mistakes writing your own music and learning from that. 
And that's an interesting point, I think. It's important to note that Kiran didn't have to enroll in college or even study music theory for years. I'm not musically trained. I have no, you know, background in it. So everything is just, I think I would just listen to and absorb. And then somehow I'll remember everything. And the more I listen to, the more I'm learning without actually having to physically study it, if you get me. Kiran has learned everything through trial and error and just by using his ears. And in some ways, it's actually even more beneficial than learning full music theory. It's funny because, I mean, the things that I do, someone would say, oh, that's a minor third going into... A, and I'm like, uh, no idea what you're talking about here. But I obviously have a... I have a, a, In my brain, I can definitely hear... I hear all the sounds. Yeah, I mean, it's just funny because I do remember that part where somebody said to me, should you not resolve that at the end? That should resolve back up. And I'm like, no, it shouldn't. They're like, oh, but look, it's, 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 it's an imperfect. And I'm like... But it's creating tension. That's the whole point of this game is to create... Like, you don't want to end a point before you get to the you know, the title card where it's like, coming out now, you know, trailer, blah, blah, blah. Um, you don't want it to be this perfect, ah, it's done, okay. You want the release to be when that title card comes up and you're like, oh, fuck. You know, Jesus, like, thank God it ended. Like, and it's, I feel okay now that this lovely E has come into it, you know. As somebody who doesn't fully know music theory, 10 or 15 years ago, Kiran would never in a million years get access to an orchestra. I, th- I think being able to do it on a computer is one of the best things that's happened to music, to orchestra music. And I do know uh, yeah, a few people, like, and some that I would have been close to years ago, who would probably argue that, well, hang on a second, like that you're not right, you're writing electronic music and you're like, well, hang on, if I could afford like, you know, a 20, 30 grand orchestra every single week to record my music, I would. Yeah, it opens the world to people like me who never would have had a chance to get in front of an orchestra. You don't even need anything expensive. I'm interviewing Kieran in his home studio, which is essentially a converted bedroom in his home with foam on the walls to provide some sound absorption. There's a guitar hanging on the wall and a violin, but apart from that, this room is mainly just a large desk with a computer. Kieran has amassed a huge library of orchestra samples to work with. Here he is showing me just a part of a string section. So I think there's like, how many tracks are in it? 172 tracks. So like, as in, like that's just my violin section. And so like I have, you know, solo violins I have you know other violins they're from all different companies so what they'll do is they'll go in and record these live record the players live in whatever studio it could be Air Studios in London it could be like the Hollywood Scoring Studios in LA and they'll record these some of the best players in the world playing Engineers will record singular notes played short and long performed in a range of from very soft to hard and then build what's called a sample instrument meaning you can control the entire orchestra from just a keyboard connected to your computer these sample libraries have advanced in scope extremely quickly over the last few years. Armed with sample instruments of every instrument under the sun, Kiran is able to create huge, sweeping orchestral music for some of the biggest trailers in the world, all from his house and swords. It's so funny when you hear these guys, again, I'm like a little composer sitting in my studio in my house in Ireland. And then you're talking to the head of like, you know, music supervision for Disney. I'm sitting there, you know, on a phone. Hi guys, how are things? And they're like, oh my God, we love your music. And you're like, like, okay, you know, 
you guys are like legends to me. A lot of the time, Quran has his music placed on compilation CDs made by music publishers who send these albums of thematic music out to trailer houses. That's the people who make the trailers. Recently, though, Quran has been creating custom tracks specifically for a particular trailer, which is obviously more fun, but also much more stressful. Take, for instance, the Avengers Endgame trailer. Like, I think it was last, when did we land it? It came out in March of this year, in 2019, and it was August 2018 we started this. You know, uh, with Disney, they ha- obviously my publisher had kind of meetings with these guys, and uh, they liked my music, so they said, hey, will you get Kieran to do, do a custom? As you would expect, an unreleased trailer for a Marvel film is under serious protection from leaks. So not only does Kieran not get to see the trailer that he's writing music for, he barely gets a description of what is happening in the trailer. Another difficult aspect is how little feedback you get. You don't even know if you're on the right track. Like, I think I had two days to write the first draft of the track. So that's what they want. And then you won't hear from them for like six months. Um, And then I think then they'll give you a few hours maybe to do a few, like, you know, LA time, it could be you'll get the brief at six o'clock Irish time, which is there like 10 o'clock in the morning. And they'll say, oh, Nick, tomorrow morning will be fine. So you're working up on two, three o'clock in the morning to get this thing done for them. Um, yeah, that's the stressful part because A, you're kind of just, you're, you're working so directly with these people that you feel if I make one mistake here, they're just going to can it and go with somebody else. Under all of this pressure, I couldn't believe that Kiran has to work so creatively with such a small amount of information to go on. I wouldn't even know where to start. Kiran explained one of the things that makes it much easier. When you're writing a lot of this stuff, you are thinking of, there's a structure. There is an absolute, like you have to hit this gen- general kind of structure for trailers. So let's use Kiran's Avengers Endgame piece to break the structure down. So like first act, you're trying to introduce the film and kind of in- get people in, intrigue them in, but slowly, ni- lightly, like, um, and it'll give a lot of, there'll be a lot of space for dialogue. So it's very spaced out. It's not too music heavy. It could be just more atmospheres and a few little bits. I know I said no more surprises, but I was really hoping to pull off one last one. The world has changed. None of us can go back. can do is our best and sometimes the best that we can do is to start over um second act is ramping up starting to build up maybe strings if it's a, if it's orchestral track the strings are starting to build up um and brass i saw all these people die i keep telling everybody they should move on some do, but not us. Even if there's a small chance, we owe this to everyone who's not in this room to try. We will. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. A little bit of dialogue of like, where are we going next? Whatever it takes. And then bam, into this massive big thing.
and then there'll be an outro generally with like the title card so that's just, that's the general trailer I like this one <laughs> once Kiran broke this down for me it's crazy how every single film trailer is now laid out like this. Sure, there's some minor changes, but nine times out of ten, it's the exact same structure, always in two and a half minutes. They really have the formula nailed down, and it really, really does work. All you have to do is go on YouTube and watch some of the reaction videos where people film themselves watching the trailer for the first time. <laughs> oh my god! Woo! Holy God, most. thank you, Marvel! Get your tickets now! Oh, you heard it, got oh our tickets, boy! We gotta get our tickets. Holy guys, I'm shaking! It's so good! It's gonna be so dope! I wanna see it right there! You know, I'm late reacting to this, but this was so worth the wait! Okay. Infinity Stone! Infinity War! I I'm not ready, okay? I've, I was ready for so long and now I'm not ready. It's not happening. I'm leaving, I'm going. Oh my god. I kinda got a little emotional. Like, yeah, no, what are you doing? What are you doing to me, Russo? <laughs> <laughs> we watching that again. Kiran, like all the producers in today's show, is lucky enough to be able to make a living writing music. We're repeatedly told that it's something that's nearly impossible to do these days. But what if it's just the fact that young musicians aren't being presented with all of these avenues because nobody talks about them? I don't know. I, f- I don't find there's a huge amount of um, knowledge about this, What that you can get into this. And eventually, I mean, again, when I get to a certain level, I would love to become a lecturer and to just tell people, like, look, there's a better way to make a living in Ireland. You don't have to, you know, go down that ro- route of a thousand people trying to become the next, like, hosier. Do you know, there is a different way... It's 9am in the morning and I've just arrived at a sun-soaked Dunleary. The sun is beating down on the harbour as boats sail along the horizon and there's people walking alone along the coast just enjoying how peaceful the whole scene is. Just to the left of the harbour there's a row of terraced houses overlooking the sea. The windows are open to let the sea breeze in and on the ground floor of one of these houses there's a beautiful spacious recording studio with the desk facing out towards the harbour and a huge TV against the back wall. It's the main reason I moved here. Um, It's just unbelievable. Like, you cannot... I'm here to meet a music producer named Dennis Kilty. My name is Dennis Kilty. I'm a composer and a sound designer. Dennis creates music and sound for advertisements. The ads he works on tend to be cinematic, story-driven pieces with really emotive scores filled with these sweeping string sections and these really beautiful, delicate piano melodies. Piano is a firm favourite in the ad world. And, and look, I understand why it's, a, uh, it's an incredible instrument. There's something... There's rarely an instrument in the world that, like, pressing two notes on just puts you in that place and you're like, oh my God, yeah. you know? If you've seen a really cinematic advert from an Irish ad agency in the last few years, there's a good chance you're listening to Dennis Kilty's music and sound design. He's worked on campaigns for brands like Audi, Budweiser, Ulster Bank, Energia, VHI, Spar, Kerrygold, Mace, Volkswagen, 
essentially anyone who can afford to advertise on television. Mainly because they're the guys who usually can afford to run TV ads, you know, right. because running, actually putting an ad on TV, like airplay, yeah. it's really expensive. Like To break it down really simply, Dennis's job is to evoke a specific feeling through music. So he receives a treatment and often a video draft of the advert and sets about building music and sound design for the piece. He doesn't receive a huge amount of direction from anyone involved in the project. He mainly gets notes based on a feeling or a story that you're trying to get across. It's more to do with the tone of something rather than the specific musical instruments or elements or notes or anything like that. Because a lot of the time, the, the, the creative teams that I would work with are, are not actually musical at all. But, mm-hmm. they, but that doesn't mean they're not creative. You know, they have an idea of what they want. They're yeah. maybe, com- maybe coming out from a visual point of view. Sometimes the easiest way to get a brief across is to just explain the story really behind what they're trying to do and uh, try and understand their point of view. Yeah. And, and at the end of the day, it's completely intangible until it's something. And yeah. then if you if you create with that kind of their story in mind, it, nine times out of ten, it's like, yeah, that works great. And I've it's like this. There's a huge amount of people involved from directors to editors to producers right down to the actors, everyone has a part to play and it's very much a collaborative effort. The composer has just as much creative input as everybody else. They're hiring you because they want you to work with them, not yeah. to just send the file. You know, if, if I have a really pointed creative point on something that we made and I'm like, look, if you do this, X will happen and everyone will cry. If you do Y, <laughs> I swear to God, like, please take a vouch of me, you know, this will work. And, yeah. and a lot of the times it's okay. One of the adverts Dennis worked on this year was for Three Ireland. The ad opens up with a woman in her 20s lying on her bed and she's texting her boyfriend. This isn't fair. I know. Morning, love. We'll get somewhere. So obviously the couple are looking for their first place together. The boyfriend is comforting her, assuring her that summer will come up soon. And suddenly the woman reaches up and her boyfriend's hand appears from above in the screen. And just as their hands touch, the music swells with this beautiful vocal harmony. When? Soon. That harmony is actually five different layers of Dennis himself singing. That moment that where, where she reaches up and the, the voice part kicks in, that was... Uh, I, I just was like, look, if when people hear this, like, they will love it. They will look over it because it's it's like the voice is just uh, it's such a human. It's that and percussion are realistically rhythm and voice are like the two most fundamental things that people can't get away from. You know what I mean? And I was like, if we put this in, like, it sounds great. Like, uh, give myself a pat on the back here. But I was like, <laughs> it sounds cool. I was like, this works really well. And then and they're like, okay, we'll give it a go. And it came out and. Uh, People loved it, like when it did really, really well. Um, and you know, sometimes it just takes that leap of faith to, yeah. to try something a little bit different, you know. We don't need much, just a couch that you can fall asleep on. You never can stay awake, and we won't need a kitchen since neither of us can cook. 
Dennis also did the sound design on the ad, so every sound effect that you're hearing was created alongside the music. That was a, that was a moment where, uh, you know, complete trust was given to me, so I had full control of everything you hear, pretty much, yeah. which is brilliant, um, because there was so many twists and turns in that ad, you know, there was like, they're diving through closets and stuff yeah. like that. Real music, not that stuff that you listen to. Hey, we love proper parties. Somewhere. Anywhere. So, out of all the projects Dennis has worked on, my favourite ad is for uh, Falcha Ireland. It's called Ireland's Hidden Heartlands. It's basically a Wild Atlantic Way ad, but for the Midlands. And the video features these long panning shots of woodlands and lakes. And even though there's no people in the shots, we can see footsteps along woodland paths and empty boats rocking as if people are getting into them. But what really brings the whole thing together is the sound design. There's such a crazy sense of atmosphere in the whole thing. And I think the music in particular, it just builds this like huge sense of adventure. It's surprisingly complex, you know what I mean? Like the thing with sound design is like, you know, it's not just footsteps, click, clock, click, you know. What boot are they wearing? What surface are they on? When they, how, how hard are they stamping on the ground? You know, how does the environment they're in respond to that sound? Are they going from left to right? Are they going from foreground to background? Are they running? Are they walking? Dennis reckons there's about 160 different layers of sound effects on this one project. Ireland's hidden heartlands, yours to uncover. Sometimes it feels like advertising gets a bad rap in the creative world. It seems to be considered like less artistic than, say, releasing an album on Spotify or whatever. The argument would be that when creating music as an artist, emotions are coming directly from the artist to the listener and solely designed to evoke an emotion and nothing else. With adverts, though, the end goal is to sell you a product, right? So the intention is technically less pure, I guess. Dennis looks at it differently, though. He contends that the best ads don't really sell a product, but create like a a short piece of film equally full of emotion and feeling kind of regardless of the product being sold. Yeah, I I just think that that's so one-dimensional like it really is like ads you, you are you're inherent you're obviously selling something and we're all aware of that and everyone is aware of that that's why they're called ads they have their own name you know but but sometimes the more and more the, the, the good ads are less interested in selling anything they're more interested in uh like a human moment of connection you know uh and and like at the end of the day there's directors who make these briefs and put this stuff together and they're serious about this they're like I, they're like, I don't care what your product is a lot of the time. Well, I probably shouldn't say that. But they're like, I have this really cool idea and it would look amazing and it would be an amazing piece of film. And if people get an emotional response for it, that's great. If someone happens to sell something as well, then that's a benefit to the company, obviously. But, but like, as a standalone artist, it's still a piece of art for them. Next up, we're going to take a Skype call from an Irish producer and composer living in LA. Stay with us. 
It's 2011 and there are 8,000 people in the Nokia Center in LA waiting impatiently for a press conference to begin. Journalists are live tweeting furiously while sitting beside super fans dressed in elaborate costumes. And along the aisles of seats, there are these like large cameras live streaming to hundreds of thousands of people from all around the world. Underneath the stage, hidden out of sight in the basement, there is a large scale orchestra with an Irish conductor named Emer Noon standing in front of them. I'm on an hydraulic stage with an orchestra of some of the top Hollywood musicians and they're looking at me like, Emer, how on earth did we get here? This is insane. The press conference is at the E3 Video Games Expo and it's for Nintendo, possibly the most iconic video game company in the world. In a few minutes, Shigeru Miyamoto will walk on stage. He's a video game designer and the creator of legendary video games such as Mario, Donkey Kong, Star Fox, and most importantly right now, The Legend of Zelda. 2011 was the 25th anniversary of the Zelda franchise, and Nintendo were about to celebrate by launching a live orchestra recording of the series' stunning music. Emer Noon was asked to conduct a live orchestra for the event. Video game announcements have a habit of being leaked, so security is incredibly tight. We couldn't even leave after the rehearsal because we'd already heard what Nintendo were about to do. And we sort of rose up through the basement. And this huge cheer, it nearly, I mean, physically, I was physically bowled over by the sheer force of 8,000 people losing their minds seeing an orchestra. It was the first time I'd ever experienced it. was like, okay, this is how I feel when I see an orchestra, but I've never seen anything like this. People were losing their minds. The reaction was so strong from the audience, it actually sparked a world tour, which Emer conducted. It was the first time she had performed video game music to a live audience, but it's just one of the many incredible stories she has after a lifetime of composing and conducting music for video games. My first tiny credit, which was accidental, was on Metal Gear Solid. Then my next, which was also accidental, was on a game that we didn't know was going to do anything at the time, and it ended up being World of Warcraft. You know, five years ago, it had 100 million individual players. Um, so there's that one. I recorded all of the Blizzard soundtracks for over 10 years. So everything from World of Warcraft, uh, Hearthstone, Diablo, uh, Starcraft, um, Overwatch, uh, Heroes of the Storm. I'm probably forgetting something. Music is one of the most important aspects of video game design today, with the largest games employing entire teams to work on compositions. The music is used in a whole pile of different ways, from theme tunes right down to the sound coming from a radio in your character's house. Broadly speaking, it could be split into a couple of different categories. So firstly, there's the cinematic, which is the music that soundtracks all of the cutscenes in the game. Cinematic is scored like uh, a feature film often like a, an action feature. So you have to match the edits that are, are in the cinematic and so on. <gasps> then you have 
in-game music where you're setting up a world, a domain, a feeling, an emotion. In-game music is probably the largest part of any video game soundtrack. You need different themes for each level or area. And don't forget, each of these pieces could be really, really different from each other. In one game, you could have loads of completely different sounds or genres from, say, a hellscape fire-based area. to a lovely, peaceful area in a forest. Then there's interactive music where the character does something that triggers something and the music changes all of a sudden. So say, for instance, you run into a group of enemies in a level and as you get closer, the interactive soundtrack triggers and the music starts to rise in intensity. Something has to be created so that it can loop and loop without getting boring and you can add things onto it, say, that's a loop that works just with the strings and the character does something and the brass kicks in and then the percussion kicks in and then the woodwinds or whatever and they have to work almost like a puzzle where it works without the other pieces it works with one piece it works with three pieces um, depending on what the requirements are as a video game composer Emer is expected to research music from all over the world and compose music which includes every instrument and production technique you could think of Luckily, video games is a gigantic industry, bigger than even Hollywood, and with that comes large budgets. Unlike Kieran Birch earlier in the episode, Emer works exclusively with live musicians, travelling all over the world to work with the best of the best. For instance, when Emer was working on Diablo 3, she was asked by the developers to find some choirs. But I said there's, there's one particular choir that, that I find there's, there's nothing like them in the rest of the world, and that's an Irish choir called Anuna. Two years later, they came back to me and said, oh, our, our producers have fallen in love with this Irish choir. We want to go to Dublin and, and record them. Emer contacted Michael McGlynn, the head of Anuna, and they began to plan recording dates. And he said, you know, it's amazing that you're doing this because normally people just copy the Anuna sound rather than actually coming to the source. And I said, well, you know what, that's one thing when you're on a big budget project, nobody's going to take that risk. They're going to go to the source. We want this sound. This is what we need. Make it happen and don't mess around with it. And, and they're not interested in, you know, going cheap or penny pinching. They want the source. They want quality. And, and that's the, the, the be all and end all. So for Diablo, um, uh, Russell Brower came up with the idea of having a, he's the head of audio, having a heaven choir and a hell choir. And, you know, people would think, well, obviously Anuna with this angelic sound, they'd be the heaven choir, but they, they weren't. They were the seductive sound of hell. One fun fact is um, when we were uh, when we recorded in Dublin with with Anuna, Hosier was in the choir. <laughs> Andrew Hosier was in the choir, which is really really cool. And um, uh, he was in the choir, and that was a BAFTA nominated score. Great. 
Recording sessions like these are done sometimes years before the releases. So naturally, everyone has to be really, really careful about what goes online before the official announcement. We have to be really careful about how we name pieces in the recording sessions um, because we had a situation on a particular game where a member of the orchestra took a photograph of their music and a specific character was mentioned in the piece, in the title, and they posted it online and it went viral and everybody all of a sudden was like, oh my God, they must be bringing back so-and-so in, in this, you know, in this expansion. It's like, oh no, you know, oh God. So from then on, all the pieces were given just these absolutely uncreative just totally unrelated names. Um, security, information security and uh, is very, very intense on video games. And you can understand why, right? Like video game fans have such an intense relationship with their games. People get so incredibly excited in the build to a release. Uh, and the sense of nostalgia around a video game is just huge. I'm a huge fan of games myself. And when I hear the opening music for, say, Halo 3, I get a stronger emotional reaction from that than I would from nearly any album that I own. It's a sense of like excitement and a feeling of comfort all rolled into one. And it's totally unique to video game music. I have met so many video game music fans and shaken their hands and, and talked to them all over the world. And it's the same, no matter whether it's China or Australia or Ireland, it's the same, same human uh, reaction, which is, first of all, you're spending a lot of time with the music. So, you know, how many songs have you heard? The first time you heard it, you're kind of like, oh, it's kind of meh. <laughs> <laughs> and then you hear it a hundred times, like, this is my favorite song. Um, there, there's an element of that, okay? But it, there, but then there's there's the other, there's a couple of other things, which is um, when you're watching a film, a character might have what in classical music is called a leitmotif or a little theme that belongs to that character. But when you're playing a video game, you are the character. So you have your own theme that goes along with you in, in certain games. I mean, Nintendo is particularly good at that, Koji Kondo. Um, the other thing is people use certain things as escape from, you know, maybe something that's going on in their lives or problems or, or daily life in general. And the music is part of, is a vehicle for that escape into a fantasy world. And sometimes, I mean, I've had I've had fans say to me, you know, I remember playing Twilight Princess with my dad when he was ill. And every time I hear the theme, it makes me cry because he passed away. And that reminds me of the time we spent together playing the game. And people spend a lot of time in in with the game. And so they're spending a lot of time with the music, but it's also what it kind of encapsulates what's going on in their lives at that time. I mean, it's almost like, you know, your olfactory senses, when you get a scent of something, you're straight back in a certain time and place. Well, uh, a theme from video game, it seems from talking to people that that can put can do something similar. So it's very it's got a very emotional component to it and a very um, a very human, intangible, but universal component.
Over the course of her career, Emer has become known for mixing the orchestra with cutting-edge technology. And right now, she's currently on a tour around the world with a hologram of the famous opera singer Maria Callas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get this call to do a hologram tour and I think, okay, this could be really weird or amazing. So, (laughs) and how's it going to work? This is, you know, hardly even technically possible. So um, the hologram is of the opera singer Maria Callas, and it's sort of a piece of theatre with a concert inside of it where I get to interact with the hologram and we it's very much an homage to her contribution to music. So it's very poignant and beautiful. The orchestra is completely live and it's synchronised to one of the most difficult to accompany um vocal artists in music history (laughs) so it's very very technically tricky it's interesting seeing seeing an audience see a hologram live for the first time is like watching people see film for the first time you know, you've seen you've seen footage of people in a, a cinema in black and white where they're look they're shielding themselves from the oncoming train that's on screen because they think it's going to come at them. It's it's kind of like that. You know, people gasp when that when she walks out on stage, and it's an amazing thing to experience. Um, but it's right there at the the edge of possibility for the orchestra and I. Um, but yeah, it's 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 been an interesting um <laughs> it's been an interesting ride. That's all from us this week. Thanks to Emer Noon, Dennis Kilty, and Kieran Birch for taking the time to talk to us. Thanks to Headstuff, our podcast network, and Eve Murray, our sonic architect. Normal service will resume next week when the lads return from Cullum's wedding. Congratulations to Cullum, by the way. Finally, if you like the show, give it a shout out on social media. We're hoping to do more of these as time goes on. I'm Dahio Droni. This is No Encore, and there will be no encore. better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.